A few years ago, uh, I was really challenged by a fellow. I was kind of moaning and griping about my life. And, and I was looking for him to say, man, I'm so sorry. I'll pray for you. But he looked at me and said, well, why don't you put a list together of things you're grateful for right now? And that's not what I wanted to hear. But what I found was that when you do that, there's something that happens within your soul that is absolutely fascinating. So at that time, I, I found a little app called the five minute journal. And every morning it reminded me what three things you're grateful yeah. for. And that was really the basis on putting uh, power routines together to get gratitude in your life, to get scripture in your life every day. And, and the fact is it changed my world to actually become grateful because when I discovered that I was grateful for what I had, what I had was more than enough. But when I, when, when I compare what I have, there's always somebody that has more yeah. and there's always somebody that has less. Yeah. You know, but what I have discovered, if, if, if this is me and this is where God wants me, anything that blocks that conduit blocks out gratitude. Yeah. It's, it's like it sucks the gratitude out of your life and what follows when gratitude leaves your soul, you become a whiner and it's like I'm against the whole world and the whole world's against me. And before you know it, we become a people that live our life in fear, in dread or in anger. Mm. And you know, I spent a lot of my life in that, yeah. in that space. So today we want to talk about something that's incredibly important. That is making gratitude actionable yeah. in your life. Yeah. We're in this series starting today called Thanksgiving. Because when we're thankful, we give. And when we give, we're thankful. Yeah. And when we put these two together, we discover that when we're grateful, our church has a big heart. Mm. When we're grateful, we cannot wait to be a part of what God wants us to be. When we're grateful, there's something that happens within our soul that brings not only peace and joy, but fulfillment. And fulfillment is almost like the magic elixir in the believer's soul that knows I am becoming all that God wants me to be. Gratitude is often underrated. You don't see it show up on your performance review. You, you don't hear people talk about it much. You, you don't see people that are out there and they're just, hey man, I want you to be grateful. But did you know that at Harvard, you now have to go through a recreate course on gratitude to be able to get to their doctoral program. That's interesting. A, a lesson on gratitude huh. at Harvard. And you know what science has proven is that when our mind is grateful, our soul follows. And when our soul follows in gratitude, everything that happens in the fruits of the spirit follow. Gentleness, kindness, they all follow behind. So today we want we want to talk about what happens when we live a life of gratitude. And there's a lot that we could say about thanks and giving, but today we want to share some things about how you can live in this actionable sense of gratitude. And you can always know that everything that matters is a matter of the heart. Gratitude yeah. is not saying thank you. Gratitude is your heart being overwhelmed with gratitude. When your heart's there, everything else will fall in line. That's right. As you think about gratitude, it's one of those things, I, I think most people are wired more as glass half empty kind of people. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just the way we're wired or if that's marketing or the news, but there's so much negativity around us. And what I found is you get more of what you expect. So if you expect there to be a lot of problems and all this stuff, you're gonna see more of it. And that's why gratitude is so powerful. It becomes that elixir, it becomes that antidote yeah. to it. it. It helps combat the thief of comparison. So the first thing that a life of generosity does is number one, it helps us to fulfill our purpose on this earth. Yeah. It helps us to lean into that. 
And it helps us to discover what we're designed for. Because here, here's what we believe around here is that every single one of us were created on purpose yep. and we were created for a purpose. Yeah. In other words, there's no accidents. Right. There's no, nobody watching online. You're, you're not an accident. Nobody, nobody in the screams. God created you on purpose. Yeah. And because you're created on purpose, he places his purpose inside of you. And one of those things that God places inside of the heart of people that know him is this sense of gratitude yeah. and, the, and the sense of purpose. Yeah. Yeah. There's this thumbprint of God on us. It's part of our identity. And so l- let me read you this verse from Genesis chapter one, verses 26 and 27. It's so familiar to us, but just think about this. God said, let us make mankind in our image. Yeah. So this is, this is before we're on this earth. God, the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit say, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that, so he talks about purpose, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God, Mm -hmm. he created them. If you ever wanna do a, a, a fascinating Bible study, just begin to study, what does it mean to be made in the image of God? Yeah. What does it mean for God's thumbprint to be on your life? What does it mean for God to look down and he not see you just as a random person? God, when he looks down, he's not labeling you based on your job status. He's not labeling you based on your relational status. He's not labeling you based on how much is in your 401k. He's not labeling you on any external stuff. When God looks down, he sees his thumbprint on your life. Just like when you mm. see a little baby, often you can see the eyes of the mom or the nose of the father. You, you, you can see their likeness. Well, when God looks down, he sees his likeness inside yeah. of you. Yeah. And what begins to happen, part of God's likeness inside of you is generosity. Listen to what John three sixteen says. Again, these verses are so familiar, but think about it through this lens. For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. He gave. Yeah. And so in other words, our heavenly father's not a taker. Our heavenly father is a giver. All throughout scripture, you see this posture of God who could have sat back and say, the world revolves around me. Everybody do what, instead God sent his own son. He's a giver. And so when you ask the question, well, how generous is God? Well, he gave his only son. And so part of us being made in the image of God is we're to be a generous people. We're to be a people, as we say it around here at Sugar Hill Church, people that live lives of open hands, that Mm. instead of taking, instead of saying what's in it for me, instead of trying to uh, jockey for position and power and ego, that we would open our hands and say, we wanna live generously from a posture of gratitude. Here's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, or nine verses uh, 10 through 12. He says, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. So he's saying, man, everything we have comes from God. He says, in the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce and a great harvest of generosity in you. So you'll be enriched in every way so Mm. that you can always, listen to this, so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. Yeah. And so we're fulfilling our purpose that when we live lives of open hands that that comes from this place of gratitude, when you couple uh, generosity and gratitude together, you say, man, they will give thanks to God, verse 12. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of believers in Jerusalem will be Mm. met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. And so big takeaway number one for today is that when we live a life of gratitude, we get to fulfill 
the purpose God has for us. Yeah, this goes back to that conduit. If it is is such an essential thing. You start with gratitude, and before long, generosity, service, kindness mm-hmm. follows. So when you when you are grateful, I do know when you're grateful that you you fulfill God's purpose for your life. Yep. But when you live a life of gratitude, this is one of my favorite things that we make God smile. I think it's unbelievable to try to get our heads wrapped around. God is not a God that holds a thunderbolt in his, in his hand, waiting for you to wake up and bust you the first time you do something and zap you with a lightning bolt. Our, our God this morning, when you awoke, never slept because he didn't need to. And he said, come on, I've got an incredible plan for your life and your life is making me smile. When I imagine that I could actually, in my actions, in my beliefs, in my attitudes, that God could actually smile. I think to myself, how great is that? You know, the most proud times I ever had with my family as a kid, when I played ball and I saw my dad in the stand smiling, Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, that's the coolest thing. When I gave my life to Christ and I saw my dad smiling, that's the coolest thing. When I knew that I had done something that caused my dad to look at me and think, that's my boy. I'm so proud of my boy. I just can't imagine what beauty it is to know that we have the opportunity to live a life that causes God to smile. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I I think often we just need to reframe how we see God. Mm. He's not an angry God waiting to zap us. He's not a heavenly FBI agent hiding behind a billboard waiting to grab you. This This is an incredibly loving creator that made you in his image so that he could smile with you and for you and encourage you. I believe every human ought to walk out of church every single week with this one thing. I have been encouraged because I know I can do this in the power of Christ. I can go do this. God is our father. We are his children. I have great fun watching my daughters try to raise children. And I hear them talk about how hard it is. And I think, yeah, whatever. And <laughs> are you one of the granddads that spoils them and sends them home? Or I am, that? but I'm also one of the granddads that likes to say to my daughter, suck it up. You, you know what caused them, so deal with it, you know? Well, I shouldn't have said that, but <laughs> we'll like edit we need that to stop out. And pray. But you know, it is something wonderful to try to watch your kids try to raise your grandkids because how much I love those little grandkids. And I, I, I often have to remind my daughters, you know, God loves them more than you do. Mm. When, when you feel like you, you just can't do it. Listen, if you're here and you've got an adult child and you just can't seem to get things right, or you've got a little one and life's just overwhelming. Uh, if you're raising a grandchild because your kids couldn't, whatever all those, those life experiences are, I want to give you this one big thought. Listen, God loves them far more than you ever could. Mm. And, and, and God has this plan because he's going to smile when we trust him. First John 3, 1 says, see what great love the father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. God, the perfectly heavenly daddy loves his kids. And that's to be celebrated through a grateful heart. If you have kids, I know you can relate to this, but, but I also know that when I see my kids do something because they love somebody else and it's like a pass through blessing, I'm even more encouraged. Yeah. I mean, when I see my kids doing something right, how encouraged I am. But I imagine when we live on purpose, when we find that, we live with gratitude, how much more does God, our heavenly father, look at his children and say, that's my boy, that's my girl. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. I love you. When we're grateful, yes, we give. We give our time, we give our talents, we give our treasures. In short, we make God smile. 
when gratitude moves us to action. I want to, I want to wrap that segment up by giving you this one big thought, and that's this. When you start inserting with, a, with an intentional action to write down what I'm grateful for, what I'm grateful for to start your morning, when I do that, I want you to know that all of heaven celebrates and God, your creator, smiles because you have started with gratitude. Now, you could be here today and you could say, well, Chuck, that's exactly what a preacher is supposed to say. I can promise you, when I started inserting intentional gratitude in my life, my personal walk in faith radically changed. And I I beg you to take the actionable step of being grateful every morning. Matter of fact, right now, I wanna ask you, would you just close your eyes? I want you to think right now of something that you're grateful for right now. It doesn't have to be the Jesus answer, just whatever you're grateful for. Father, would you step into every life online and every folk that's in this room? God, when their minds start to wander at this moment, would you fill them with gratitude? And would you fill them with specific items, specific things, specific people that you've placed in their life? God, I pray we'd start with our gratitude for you and how much you love us when we don't deserve it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I'm gonna count to three and I'm gonna ask you to do something odd. I want you to say out loud what one thing you came up with that you're grateful for. Now, I was shocked at 9.30, they actually did it. They did it. All right, so I'm gonna count to three and I want you, if, if you're like, I can't shout, then I'm gonna whisper, that's cool. If you're one of those people that just gotta get it out, just let have at it. All right, so I get to three and you say it out loud. You ready? One, two. I don't know what all that was, but I'm going to tell you something God does. Yeah. And you just made him smile. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. You just made God smile. Wow. Gratitude is powerful. It pulls us out of our heads and out of the cynicism that's wired inside of us. Here's a third thing that a life of gratitude does. It positions us for the blessing of God. Yeah. Positions us for the blessing of God. And I'm not talking about some spooky, God's gonna bless you kind of thing, but it's this life of open-handed living. Mm. In fact, this morning when I got up, there's a little devotional book that I often read as I'm sort of- You mean you're not doing power routines? In addition to power routines. All right, just making sure. (laughs) Here's what Proverbs 22 verse nine says. It says, the generous will themselves be blessed for they share their food with the poor. So Mm. this was in in my reading today. And as as I read that, sort of the thoughts behind it. When you read Proverbs, there's a lot that has to do with wisdom. Yeah. And certainly there's financial wisdom to be found in scripture when you handle it God's way. But I think this proverb goes even deeper than some financial thing. It's this connection that when we are generous, it's actually an act of love both towards God and to the people around us. Absolutely. And so we've all said the phrase, or we all know the phrase that is better, it's more blessed to give than it is to what? than to receive. And if you've ever been part of that, you know, if you've ever done some act of generosity and people have been like, no, 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 thank you, thank you, thank you. Oftentimes you feel in your heart, man, I'm more grateful because I got to be part of what God's up to. It creates the sense of being blessed by God that you're able to do that. And man, the holidays are, are, are part of that where if we're not careful, we get so sucked into marketing yeah. where we think I need more stuff. And I'm a, I'm a sucker for this. One of my weaknesses is technology. I love the latest, greatest gadget. And yeah. my wife makes fun of me because sometimes I'll watch 
what's called the Apple keynote address. I don't know if you've ever seen these, but whenever Apple's announcing a new device, they invite hundreds of people to this auditorium like ours and they announce the latest, greatest thing. And all the people in the room are fellow tech nerds. So they're yeah. getting excited. And so I'm getting excited. My wife walks in and they're like, and the, the new iPhone weighs 0.1 ounces less than Gotta the previous it. one. And everybody in the crowd's going, woo! Yeah. They're like, so, and it's got three more megapixels. Woo! And it's a brand new color. Woo! And right? it's $1,200. And so by the end of the keynote, I'm like, my life would be better if I had the new iPhone. You know it. And then a week later, I dropped the new iPhone on the ground. and I was there when you did it. He thanks. didn't even cuss. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being my witness <laughs> on that. Yeah. I'm there for you. But you've, we've all you. felt that moment where that thing, whatever that thing was, maybe, probably for you, it's not a phone or gadget, right? Sometimes it's a car, sometimes it's uh, a status, some, whatever that thing is on the other side of it, we typically feel empty. We feel yeah. let down by it. But yeah. when we live a life of generosity, we actually feel the blessing of God. We're joining him in yeah. what he's up to. The more we give away, actually, the more like, God we become. Here's what Paul wrote in Philippians. And some of our small groups have studied this idea of Philippians in the last couple of semesters. But in Philippians 4, Paul is gracious. He's, he's coming from this place of gratitude because the churches in Philippi have been so supportive. And he says in Philippians 4 verse 19, he says, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in yeah. Christ Jesus. And so what happens when you live a life of generosity is at the end of the day, you realize that all you have is God and actually all you need is God himself. Yeah. That's all you need. God is more than enough. And so Paul in Philippians four realized what it was like to have plenty and he realized what it was like to go through tough valleys. He yeah. knew what it was like to be on top of the world. And he also knew what it was like to be in prison with absolutely nothing. And he says, yet in any of those circumstances, plenty or nothing, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He reminds us also in Romans 8, verse 32, he says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Amen. And so it's this reminder that God's a generous God. And that when we come alongside and live lives of gratitude, it positions us to bless us. Now, I don't know what that blessing is gonna look like. Mm -hmm. We've got some people in the room that are spreadsheet kind of people. You, 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 you plug in, all right, if I give $100, what's the ROI on that gonna be? I can't tell you what that's gonna look like. But what I do know is I've never met anybody who on the other side of generosity said, man, I wish I hadn't have done that. Yeah, exactly. I've never met anybody that went on to the other side of the world on a mission trip that said, you know yeah. what, I wish I didn't serve those people. I've never, I've never met anybody that said, I wish I had it. What I have heard is people said, I wish I would have lived a life of gratitude sooner. Yeah. I have seen that because yeah. what gratitude does is it positions us for blessing. It really does. I, I love the fact that uh, gratitude not only gives us this uh, opportunity to be blessed, but it gets us where we have a proper perspective. Yeah. Gratitude can give us a realignment in how we see this world. If I, if I could offer one thing that I believe would radically change America today would be gratitude. Uh, can you imagine a life that starts with gratitude, moves in, into an action that's filled with love and an attitude of gratitude, moving on to generosity? And in service and in kindness and the fruits of the spirit. If ever there was one thing, if, if America could get 
healed was one thing I would say, you gotta start with gratitude. Yeah. How cool would it be if across our government and across the aisles, we could find some way in which we would recognize how grateful we are rather than how hateful we are. Because if we could find gratitude, we would push hate out of our heart because what comes with gratitude is love. What comes with gratitude is generosity. And I love this, so what comes with gratitude is a proper perspective. You know, uh, you ever met somebody, like you mentioned a minute ago, that came back from a mission trip that said, boy, I wish I hadn't done that. Hmm. I've never heard that before. I've never heard somebody say, wow, I wish I hadn't helped that family. Hmm. I've never seen somebody that said, wow, you know what, that didn't do anything for me. I, I gave, but it, it, nothing happened. I've never seen that happen. I've never seen anybody who said, oh, you know, I wish I hadn't raised that money to go do that. I wish I hadn't helped that church. You never hear that story because spending money and spending time and spending resources and giving what you can feels right. Yeah. People often regret something they buy, but they never regret what they gave, especially when we align our gratitude from our head to our heart to our hands that it becomes so actionable that gratitude moves my life. Matthew put it this way in Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, now before I finish it, I want you to know that Matthew is not just speaking of money. No. He's saying whatever it is that's between you and all that God wants you to be, that is the treasure you're claiming. Maybe it's fitness, uh, maybe it's food, maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's a relationship, I don't know, but whatever strangles the flow between who you are and who God wants you to be, Paul, Matthew is saying here, that's the treasure that's closing up the conduit of God's richest blessing. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And remember that in scripture, when we hear about the heart, it's not about the organ. It's, it's our being, it's all that we are. The Bible teaches that this isn't a financial issue, this is a heart issue. Mm -hmm. I mean, gratitude doesn't start in the brain. Gratitude starts in the heart. But when we choose to make it actionable, now we've gotten it from the heart to the head. And when the head and the heart are in line, our hands get in line. Hmm. And the beautiful thing about this is that when we are following God because of gratitude, he will open up opportunities left and right so that you can express that gratitude, generosity, and service around the world. Yeah. I didn't start this year, Bobby, thinking, wow, it'd be cool to go down to the border and do something. Yeah. I didn't start this year thinking, man, after that hurricane in the Bahamas, we're gonna go feed 40,000 people. Yeah. I couldn't see all that. But what I know is this, that when you are grateful, God will open doors for you to do great things in his name. And he will do a great work through you. Hmm. When we live a life full of gratitude, our attitude changes. And I wanna finish this segment with this thought because I, I believe it's so true. I want you to know that your service to the kingdom of God should never be based on what the church's need is. It should be based on how God directs your heart and you should answer that call because then your perspective is God-centric, not me-centric. Mm -hmm. And our proper perspective on life is the recognition that he is God, we are not, mm -hmm. and he is worthy and we are not, but in him, we could do all things. And I wanna invite you into that life because that's a proper perspective and God will take your life and do something extraordinary because you started with gratitude. Yeah. Isn't that powerful? Yeah.
One of my favorite things that gratitude does is that gratitude helps us partner with God and what he's up to. Amen. Uh, years ago, I did a teenage version of this and it's a Bible study that I think every adult ought to go through at some point in their life, but it's a, a study called Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. Yeah. Have y'all heard of that before? Pastor Chuck actually had Henry Blackaby working for him for a season, yeah. which had to be yeah. pretty amazing. It's like amazing. having Moses work for you. Yeah. <laughs> right? But uh, in, the, in the study, it takes uh, all these biblical truths and distills it down to, I think it was seven principles. And one of those principles was this, is that God is always at work around you. Yeah. And so our job isn't to create new work. Our job really is to see where he's already at work and then join him yeah. in it. Yeah. And I think that's what happens when you live a life of gratitude is yeah. you begin to partner with what God is up to. I've had yeah. so many great conversations over the last couple of weeks. One was Terry Mish, who's part of yeah. your men's Bible what study. Terry, uh, a few months ago, started going down on Saturdays and being part of a ministry to homeless people in the city. And he said, man, being part of this has just, has totally revolutionized yeah. my walk. Yeah. I'm, I'm missing his exact words, but that idea that his, his walk with Christ is so much richer. I'm, but I get, in Terry's life, it started with gratitude. Absolutely. Lord, I'm so grateful for what I have. And when, when, it, when it's put into action, yep. buckle up because the Lord may have you doing things like that that you never imagined. Absolutely. But that's part of the blessing. That's a, exactly right. You feel fulfilled doing yeah. that. I picked yeah, on yeah, Mark yeah. Spicer, made him take the box, but I had a great conversation with he and Wendy this week about yeah. ministry that they've been part of and a, a great need that they see. And yeah. they're like, man, we feel called to be part of this. Yeah, and man, those stories go on and on and yeah. on and on around us. And that we actually get to partner with God and what he's up to. Now, let me ask this question. At a high level, does God need us? No. Well, when you think about the all-powerful, all-knowing God, he doesn't need anything. Right. But I do think it's fascinating throughout scripture that God designed this world in such a way that he invites us to partner yeah. with him. I mean, you see it all the way back in Genesis when God gave Adam and Eve job assignments. So work isn't part of the fall work is something that God created us for. And you see it throughout scripture, God invites people to yeah. join him in his work. And that's what gratitude does is that God doesn't need us, but he invites us. Yeah. God doesn't need us, but he wants us. God doesn't have to have us, but he's chosen to use us. And when we live that life of gratitude, we get to partner with him. And so today we wanted to kick off this month by saying thank you yeah. and by celebrating the ways that we've seen you partner with God in his work. Would it be all right if we take just a couple minutes to celebrate what God's yeah. done around here? Is that all right? I think you guys that? ought to know what God's doing around here. I saw y'all dancing earlier, so I, I think it'd be all By right way, to celebrate I, just I got a little all bit. fired up there. If, if, you're, if, you, if you're like the frozen chosen man, I for, just, I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, I just get fired up about that stuff every now and then. I, I've been so excited this year because I've seen God keep his hand on this church. Yeah. Uh, and you know, in, in a, in a, we're in a world now where about 95% of evangelical churches in America are plateaued or declining. Yeah. And so less than 5% of churches, evangelical churches in America are growing. And could I just say thank you? Somehow the Lord has made us one of those places and, and celebrate that. That is unbelievable. Yep. Uh, I, I find these kind of things fascinating to me. And that is uh, just this year, more than 150 people will give their life to Christ. Isn't that awesome? And that's before we count kids on Wednesday night. That number's closer to 300 across the board. But I, I love this, just like last hour. Uh, we'll baptize over 100 people this year because Jesus said, go make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then in group ministry, 
you teach them all these other things that I've taught you. And I, I just think that's incredibly cool. I, w- tell us some of the stats about like kids and students. And yeah. this one that blows my mind is adults that are in groups. Yeah, absolutely. So you think about it, while we're gathered in here, kids ministry and student ministry this hour are in small groups. So in kids ministry alone, we have at least 300 kids wow. every single week walking through scripture, hundreds of volunteers loving on them. Yeah. And then you think about this hour and over 200 middle schooler and high schoolers that are in small groups out of all the places they could have been. They're wow. like, man, we want to plug in to small groups. We have over 30 or 40 high schoolers that every other week are volunteering in kids ministry saying, we want to serve. Uh, Just a few years ago, a high week in adult ministry for small groups was about 225, 250 people. This fall, if you were to gather all the groups on the same week and say, how many adults are connected? We had over 600 adults connected in small groups this year. We uh, rebooted a college ministry yeah. where if you got all of them together on the same week, you'd have over 50 yeah. college students as yeah. well. And so just to think about people engaging with scripture, engaging in relationships yeah. with each other and serving is pretty unbelievable. Man, I can remember uh, student ministry. If we had 30 or 40 kids on a Wednesday night program, that was big. And now more than 300 kids are there every single Wednesday night and they're hearing the gospel. I just find it fascinating. Did you know, Bobby, that Every single week, we pack about 370 backpacks to go to 370 families through the counselors at school for families that need food over the weekend. And every single week, we pack about 370 backpacks. I'm so proud of our church. You guys are killing it. That's over. That's unbelievable. I know I'm from Mississippi, but if I do that math in my head, that's over 10,000 backpacks a year full of food that comes from you guys being a blessing a huge blessing. You think about just a few miles from here, we're privileged to partner with the PATH Project over in Peachtree Village. Wow. Uh, about a year ago, a small group of people came together and through this church raised a little over $40,000 to fund that, that ministry yeah. for a year. What ended up happening is God opened the door wider yeah. and faster than we expected. So we're able to add in some more levels of ministry, which creates this gap of trying to raise another $25,000 to fully fund them. But what an incredible problem to have to be able to reach more families. And what's really excited about this, and you may want to speak to it, but we're able to reduce, if not eliminate, the high school dropout rate of these families. At Lanier High School, the average dropout rate, yeah, that's worth celebrating. Yeah, yeah. So the average uh, dropout rate is about 27% at Lanier, which by the way, is pretty typical for any public school and high school but uh, it's about 72% in their Hispanic families. And uh, that's because so many of those kids, when they hit about 14 or 15, they go to work with mom and dad. And so we just thought, man, that's, that's part of what the Lord has us here to do to get those kids educated and break that cycle. And so we have a few hundred kids now that get tutored and counseled and do their homework that's given to us by the cluster here in Lanier schools to help those kids. And our promise to their moms and dads are, if you'll trust us with your little one, we'll get them graduated and you'll, they'll be the first kid in their family 100% of the time that graduated from high school. How cool is that? How amazing I'm telling is that? you, I get fired up about that. And you think about what that means. You, yeah. you think about the ripple effect of all the, all the stats of what happens when you finish high school and what happens yeah. when you go to college. And what ha- There's just this larger thing. It's not just yeah. an event. It's a lifelong 
process as well. One of the things you may not know is because of your generosity, we've been able to help more than 50 families this year as sort of a, a first responder to say, hey, we wanna step in. We can't do everything, but we can do something. Yeah. And that's at least $15,000 that have helped families that found themselves that's in right. an unpredictable crisis. That's but right. because of your generosity, we're able to help triage and help connect them with the mm -hmm. right people as part of that. Yeah, and eight, eight years ago, when I, when I had the privilege of becoming the pastor here, our debt was 8.2 million. Uh, as of today, it's about 3.8 million. And that's, that's right. worth celebrating. Uh, but here's the cool thing, because of potential land sales and because of your generosity with Imagine More, I mean, Imagine Zero, Imagine More, which by the way, if you want more info on it, they're out in the tables here. If you've never been a part of it, I want to invite you into that. Uh, because of your generosity, it is possible that we could be debt-free before summer of 2020. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And, uh, I got to tell you, when I, when I start imagining more, the first thing I think of is another path project in another trailer park because our desire isn't to build more buildings. Our desire is to serve more people. Yeah. And part of doing that that I'm pretty fired up about is uh, I, we're going to see in 2020 us do something that's really different. Uh, most, most churches plant churches somewhere away from where they're at. And we're going to plant two churches in our city and one of them be Lanier Church, the other be Lanier Espanol, and they'll be in uh, Lanier High School, and we'll get started next year. And the desire for that is we have folks that may never show up here, but they'll show up there. And we have Hispanic families, about 200 of them meeting across the way in the chapel right now. But how cool would it be to have another opportunity to specifically reach Mexican families? And so when I see that opportunity, I get so excited about that. And I, I cannot wait to see how the Lord uses that. When we're grateful, the Lord opens opportunities for us to reach more people, yeah. including when I think about the 40,000 meals that you help provide, uh, care portal that you help provide to open up opportunities to serve on the border, the way we keep serving in Haiti. And Bobby, I know Care for AIDS is near and dear to you, but that's been one of the most incredible thing, hundreds and hundreds of yeah, people. Because who, of your generosity, you yeah. may not even know it, on your weekly giving, part of that help has helped over 700 families wow. live beyond AIDS, which is more than 4,000 kiddos that have been prevented mm. from becoming orphans, many of them coming to Christ. And because of your generosity, our partner church over there, Nylinda Baptist Church, basically has the same ethos yeah. as we do. They're known yeah. as the first responder in their community because you yeah. are so faithful in giving. Amen. And so you are part of something big. Something you really are. Huge. I mean, you, you've been a part of a church in Burbank, California, that uh, is now three years old. They're running more than 300 people. And in January, they're, they're planting another church in Southern California. You made that possible. I think that's just unbelievably cool. I, I found some stats this week, Bobby, that I thought were, were pretty awesome. Uh, this year, we'll add more than 150 new members. And in our eight years, we will have had 1,710 people join Sugar Hill Church. I find awesome. that fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and more so than that, more than 815 people following Jesus and believers' baptism. And when I look at all that, I think to myself, the Lord keeps opening opportunities for us to minister and serve to our community. We could go on and on and on, but frankly, uh, we're not here to brag on anything but the Lord. And the thing we want to remind us is that let, let's remain a grateful church. Yeah. Let's, let's remain a, a church that is humbly grateful that the Lord lets us be a part of his work because this isn't us. 
what happens and all those stats, man, I promise you that they're in spite of the pastor and team at times. It's because of God being gracious and keeping his hand on his people. And I want to invite you. I believe that as we grow in gratitude, there's something we have to deal with. Yeah, imagine zero is great, but at the end of the day, when we don't live a life of gratitude, it's like we're riding down the road and our front right tire blows out in a pothole and the rim is bent and you can't get out. And some of our lives are stuck in that pothole right now. I don't don't know what got you there. I don't know how you got there, but I know many of us, we, we live on that bleeding edge that we're emotionally, physically, spiritually, we're in a rut, we're in a hole, we can't get out. And the one thing I used to believe is that, man, praise would be the tool to get out of that that hole. What I I have learned, though, is that if you're looking for a ladder to get out of the hole, know that the ladder is built on gratitude. When you determine to be grateful, I promise you the Lord will set that ladder there and call you by name so you can come out of that hole, whatever it is. I had a lady give me such a great piece of advice. She said, every time you start getting close to that hole, I want you to write down the dialogue of God and then you, and then God, and then you, and then God, and then you. I've had to do that a dozen times where I've had to look and say, well, yeah, but Lord. And he would say, but I love him more than you, Chuck. Yeah, but God, I wish I had. And he'd say, yeah, but look, look what you do have, Chuck. Yeah, but God, you know, but... Chuck, I trusted you with that. You do that. So I invite you to just do a one and a two today. And that is, man, you can't be fully grateful without asking Christ into your life and letting him own your heart and sit on the throne of your heart. So I invite you today, literally just say, Jesus, I call on your name. Would you forgive me? I know I'm a sinful person. Would you step into my life? Would you change me? God, I want to make a U-turn. I want to live for you. And I thank you that you died for me. You were buried for me and praise God, three days later, you arose from the grave and you sit beside the father making a home for all who would believe. Lord, I believe, I wanna count you in. Listen, friend, if that's your prayer, I promise you, you don't have to say it, you just have to mean it because it's all about your heart. And I invite you to know him. Secondly, maybe you've known Christ for 50 years. Maybe you've been a Christian since you were 11 and now you're 40. Whatever your stage is in life, here's what I wanna invite you. Don't miss gratitude in your life. Gratitude when intentionally actionable in your life will radically change the trajectory, not only of your faith, but your health, your marriage, your parenting, and every facet of your life. The Lord honors gratitude and he honors it in such a way that he calls all the way through to generosity and a service. Don't miss God's best friend. I don't want you to miss God's best, so let's pray. Lord, today, we invite you to remind us that we should be so grateful. Grateful for who you are, grateful for all that you've done, and grateful for your love. Lord, I pray today that we walk out of here encouraged that we can be grateful for whatever we have, whether I have little or whether I have much, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Lord, let us take on that that attitude today and open up that conduit where we run as fast as we can from where we are to where you want us to be. Lord, I'm grateful that we can do this in your name. 
that we can walk out of here and we can claim your promises and we can receive your blessing and we can have the right priority in our life and we can partner with you. God, don't let us walk out of here without that. And I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus, our King, our Savior, and our Lord. Amen, amen, and amen. So today, friend, when you walk out of this building, man, don't remember the stats and facts. Remember that Jesus, the Lord, asks you to call on his name and he is faithful. That he will go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight. He will go within you and bring you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment. And listen to me, friend, he'll do that because he is always good and you are always loved. And on those days where life is just beating you up, man, hop on his back. Wrap your arms around his strong shoulders. Let him carry you through the middle of whatever your junk is, only to set you down victoriously on your two feet and wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead. Wrap his loving arms around you so you can see your Savior eyeball to eyeball and hear him say, my child, say it with me, I love you. Hey friend, go in gratitude.